and welcome back to Garbage Film, the show that seeks to prove that Arnie and Trashy movies have a lot in common, and you don't need to enjoy just one or the other. So we will take our movie of the week, as usual, and pair it with something artier or trashier, and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the color red to my barbed wire storage attic. Aaron is here. Hi, Aaron. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. That's summer is here, yes. and it's officially scary summer on the podcast. What was? Summer scaries. Scary summer. <laughs> scary summer. Whatever way around you feel like, yeah. dear listener, we're not the boss of you. <laughs> we we only get the chance to do uh, horror movies in October. With because of the unwritten rules of society. Because- so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's society's fault. Uh, but we just, uh, we have lots of them that fit directly into the ethos of this podcast, exactly. Yeah. And like some of our favorite other podcasts are horror movie podcasts. And it just seems like a good energy to bring into summer. Yeah, we've been like raring to get to horror movies generally speaking so why not uh, just shoehorn a, a segment uh, there's segment. no rules but <laughs> a, a theme over the, yes. the the season there you go why not do it and to get started horror culture is defined by Wolf's dictionary no. as the branch of plant and agriculture is dealing with garden crops okay. generally fruits, no. vegetables, no. and ornamental no. plants <laughs> shut it off start again horror culture <laughs> Could you possibly mean horticulture? Couldn't possibly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you're on the spot because you have to define horror culture. I will not. I just did. (laughs) We all heard me. I won't and I already did. Speaking of hearing things, I've heard of the color purple, but the color red? That's right. This week we're talking about... (laughs) Can you tell we are not qualified to talk about this at all? Uh, this week huh. we are talking about the color purple. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm sorry. Please go ahead. We are talking about Suspiria. Hey, listen. There they go, right on schedule. The teachers, remember? Can you hear them? A lot of strange things are happening. I mean, I mean, for example, when I eat at night, I... Hello? Hello, Frank? Susie, do you know anything about witches? 1977. Yeah, Dario Argento. The master. Hear that goblin music in your brain. <laughs> Hear it. You'll never stop hearing it. Yeah, for 100 minutes, you <laughs> <God>. will. <laughs> I personally think it's a crime that we don't consider this one of the best horror movie soundtracks up there oh, with like, like The Exorcist and like, you know, Friday the 13th. These are, this is exactly the vibe. Well, any soundtrack. John Carpenter movie? True, true. Like, yeah. Same, Actually, maybe I'm just, yeah. Coming from the same stable of horror sounds. Mm-hmm. Not enough soundtracks have people going, witch, witch, witch. And I am to rectify that by doing it several times on this podcast alone. <laughs> You're gonna hate it. No, it's super cool. Uh, I don't know if Goblin was like well known before this. I don't think I don't so. Know I if think they're they were Italian. Kind of like buddies. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just I some bros. That up, but I didn't. <laughs> and that's the level of detail we will be bringing to you, the listener. I barely got through that sentence. Horror culture. <laughs> Horror culture is not looking anything up in advance of recording your podcast. Uh, but say you don't know what Suspiria is. Why are you listening? But also, here's a quick... Don't, please 
Keep listening. <laughs> keep, well, yes, uh, don't leave. Oh, I'll miss you. <laughs> it is, uh, like, I mean, those who've seen know it's loose on the narrative, but more or less, an American newcomer to a prestigious German ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister amid a series of grisly murders. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yeah, and that plays out over 100 minutes, and that's the end of the podcast, I guess. <laughs> Thanks for coming. <laughs> no, yeah, go watch Suspiria 1977. I, I have not seen the remake. I would like to. Uh, I don't. I think I, I would as well. I think it's more of a reimagining than a remake. I have heard that, like, so there's the Suspiria original is very, like you said, loose on narrative. It's not that there isn't one. It's that it doesn't really matter whether you grasp it or not. You yeah, know? that's kind of the the feeling of it is, oh, you're lost just like Susie and like, what yeah. the hell is happening? What could possibly be going? Yeah. And I get the impression that the remake reimagining is more of a story mm. to tell. So. Yeah. So no hot takes on the the remake reimagining here today. Nope. Just lukewarm takes from the seventies. As I mentioned, directed by Mr. Dario Argento in what's his first really explicitly supernatural movie, mm. um, which is cool, and I like that. Uh, there's two like flavors of Argento. You got your giallo. Giallo. I can't speak Italian. Oh, right. We've never learned how to say that. And we never will. <laughs> Italian speakers, please help. No, leave me alone. I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared of you. You all have leather gloves. You're so and powerful. Blades. <laughs> no. So that's, that's all we know Italians from. Oh, yeah. Watching Dario Argento movies. Bad sample. What a weird stereotype. Um, <laughs> yeah, so giallos are much more the grounded in reality serial killery stuff. And then mm. we've got... This, which is <laughs> I was gonna, not... Do you have a word for it? God, I hope you do. No. Creepy no, giallos. Supernatural giallos. Yeah, I think supernatural giallo would be close enough. People would know what you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, which is a fun time. But a uh, screenplay is by Dario himself and mm. Daria Nicolodi, who was... Mm. Uh, they met a few years earlier, and they're married, and they work together. Oh, cute. Uh, they eventually got divorced, but that's okay. I assume it's from almost having the exact same name is why <laughs> yeah, it didn't work out. You gotta be okay with it from the get-go. Yeah. It's fine. The writing process of this, I'm gonna get into a little bit later, because it's really interesting how it comes along, oh, considering sure. the overall thing is, like, this is the vibes-based movie where there isn't much plot, but, like, yes. it's got that underpinning where you're like, I can tell everything is logically linked somehow. Yeah. But how? I'm not privy to what that is, but... <laughs> Somebody thought about it, though. Yeah. <laughs> not me. But in that cast, we've got Jessica Harper is our star, who is great. Who is love. great? She's, yeah. like, a wonderful final girl type... Yes. Really love Jessica Harper in she is this and most things. powerfully small. I feel yeah. like I've never seen her look so small as in this movie. It's a ballet movie. Like, yeah. everyone's just a tiny person. Yeah. And I mean, Argento saw her in Fan of the Paradise a couple of years earlier and was like, that's oh, who shit, I'll have that's in right. it. There's so much written about this movie that's like people making up stuff and versus reality. So somewhere oh. in here is the fact that... For sure, it was the movie was originally written to be about like twelve year olds. These are all twelve year old girls at oh, a okay. ballet academy. Okay. But then they, I think it was Daria, very early on was like, "We can't do that. We will be censored to hell because we're going to be murdering children." Oh, no, no, that's very yep. Okay, <laughs> I was like, allowed. "Why? Why wouldn't right the murders?" <laughs> so they changed it to like nineteen year olds. Sure, but they still wanted to have that feeling of here are naive, innocent, like helpless people. Exactly. So. Yeah. Uh, Jessica Harper is so tiny, as mentioned, and she has such big eyes. She's got big doe eyes. Yeah. yeah, she always looks a little shocked at things. Yeah. I could see that. I I do enjoy that, like, I don't know, we grew up in 
arts culture and like yes those are some of the most sheltered people in the universe <laughs> my god and it's one of the reasons i love this movie so much is that it doesn't go out of its way to be like arts culture is uh bad and not good for your self-esteem but it's just generally everybody being bitchy and you're never supposed to feel a hundred percent like even if there were no murders you would never feel quite right in this school and that's not that's not unusual <laughs> yeah like if <laughs> If you well, I guess we're just saying Black Swan right now. That that's just yeah, the <laughs> yeah. No, fair. Yep. So we've got uh, Stefania Cassini, who's her like partner in crime, best like, friend, best friend. Yeah. Um, Roommate eventually, right? Yeah, they kind of have their adjoining rooms. They're yeah. buddies. Uh, she's fun. Flavio Bucci, Miguel Bose, Barbara Magnolfi. Can't, can't correct you. <laughs> um, Flawless. She plays uh, a. Is it Olivia? God, I. Ava, the 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 person who Jessica Harper rooms with the first night, who's living oh, off sure. campus. Yeah, I don't know. I already forget her name. Yes. Uh, but this actress is is really funny. She did a lot of interviews uh, on this movie generally. Sure. So she like studied ballet when she was young, and this is a thing that's obvious in the movie. Everybody's actually doing the moves and sure. stuff, which yeah. is nice. Good dancers. Uh, but I love what she had to say about where this comes at a point in like horror history or whatever, at least in Italy. Oh sure. Where like. Yellow's the big thing. So women are pretty much all victims or vixens, is what she says. Yes, sometimes both. Yeah, simultaneously. So she loved being part of a film that was like, it's just women, so you've just got a bunch of characters and they're doing whatever. Yeah, there's like, you know, a cannon fodder, like the rehearsal pianist Mm. is a guy and he's literally just there to get murdered. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, a real inversion of stuff. Yeah. It's nice to see. Love to see it. funny. I also made me realize when she said that, that like, yeah, you've got your blind pianist, you've got one of the uh, the big tough handyman who can't speak. Hmm. Like, and then there's the the blonde kid that is like kind of has a little crush on, or not the blonde kid, the teen. The oh yes, 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 one of the one like, of the other dancers. I forget about completely all the time because he's so forgettable. It doesn't matter at all. <laughs> he's just like poor and kind of ineffective. Yeah, and you've got this little creepy child. Like all the male characters are just like. Defective. <laughs> They're all just not quite right. <laughs> yeah. Send back for manufacturer's warranty on this mail. The kid in particular really looks like, what's his name from Resident Evil 4? The little oh, boy. Leon? Who, no, the little boy who wears the tri-corner hat. Oh. That kid. <laughs> the guy who runs the castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Castle child. That, that's that's the vibe there. Uh, I really, I you know, this is the whole, the this is the movie, but I really enjoy the, I think that's such an interesting thing you say because all the male characters are, it's like they're not supposed to be there or they're there from a different movie or they're clearly sinister in some way because they're linked with some of the other like high up women characters. It just Mm. makes the whole academy feel very, like it's a very like feminine isn't the word, but like a female Space. place. Yeah. yeah, like that energy and, you know, power, not to get too dramatic about it, but <laughs> it is very female. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it now that I think about it, it definitely like adds to that where they just sort of start falling away, the male characters. It's just <laughs> this like overwhelming presence of like women of various trustworthinesses to, to our heroine. Yeah, there reaches a point where I think it's like, uh, as always, full spoilers on this podcast. It's in right. like um, the last evening or shortly after uh, Stefania Cassini dies, right. and blonde teen 
like comes out of his doorway. He's like, oh yeah, I heard her leave this morning or whatever. Yeah. And it's kind of like there's been so long without a male character that it's almost intrusive. Where you're like, yeah. oh, you shouldn't be here. You kind of do start thinking like this is a girls' school. Yeah. Like, it's not. There's a lot of male dancers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Typically at ballet schools, you gotta have you gotta have the male gotta dancers are there to lift the female dancers, and yes. they're jacked as hell. So this string bean yeah. is not gonna cut it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ballet dancers are also some of the strongest people on the oh planet. Yeah. yeah. Um, moving to the rest of the cast, we've got Ava Axon, who dies at the very beginning. She's Pat Hingle, who keeps coming up over and over. Right. And I just want to bring that up because Why it's so that? funny that she's named Pat Hingle. He was the... He's an actor. <laughs> okay, right. I thought who I was played going Commissioner crazy. Gordon. Right, okay. In- <laughs> <laughs> I heard that name and I was like... There's no way I'm thinking of, like, an act. There's no way they just... Okay. <laughs> Is that but, on purpose? I don't know, because he was, like, a famous <laughs> actor in Westerns at the time. as yeah, like, a tough right. guy. Yeah, He's just so weird. Every Pat time Hingle. I hear it, I'm like, the grizzled character actor, <laughs> Commissioner Gordon? Did they maybe just, like, see an ad and were like, that's a good English name? It stands just, like, out. Not I, really, yeah. I feel like Susie Banyan and uh, Pat Hingle, they're the only characters where we get a last name that really sticks out. True, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And then we've got Joan Bennett, who is the vice directress, being a very, oh, I'm I'm on your side kind of performance. That's that's a ton of fun. Yes. As Madame Blank. Very obviously, trying to be soothing in mm-hmm. a way that doesn't really hold true. Yeah. Very suspicious. Yeah. yeah. And then you've got a real cult uh, horror actor Udo Kier in there, who's the one that uh, not the professor that explains about witches, but mm. the first person that Susie meets outside of that oh, big convention Oh, the psychotherapist. Center. Yeah. That was... Okay. Yeah, I'm used to seeing him much older, so it's surprising to me. Like, oh. I almost don't recognize him in this. What would I know him from? Oh, I, that's the problem. He's, like, so ubiquitous in so many things. Oh, constantly. okay. Is it, is it a bit of stunt casting, do you think? Like, a little bit of wiki? I think, no, I think it's still early enough in his career that it's just like... Oh, sure, sure. He's sure, just right. doing these roles. And then later on, he becomes like, oh, you got Udo Kier, the, the German actor who is sure. known for doing horror movies. And we said already the music of Goblin. I mentioned Carpenter up top because I wanted to mention, it's very obvious when you think about it, John Carpenter listened to this uh, and saw this movie, and he's like, I'm going to make a movie called Halloween that'll do uh, this kind of music in it. <laughs> yep, that's about right. <laughs> so Very synthy, yeah. very... Um, I mean, I don't know how of its time it was for movie soundtracks generally. I feel like horror was really early on the bandwagon for, for synth and for, like, digital music. Yeah, I think so, in part because, like, all their budgets were so small that you could get away with it, and it's... Yeah, you it's don't not, need to hire an orchestra. Yeah, I feel like it's not just that it's synth. It's synth that's drawing attention to the fact that it's synth. It's Very not trying much, to hide. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, not, it's not trying to do, like, the singing patch, like the choir, you know, patch on the keyboard that sounds goofy. Yeah. Uh, the goblin talk is... A great way to get into just talking about, uh, like, so the thing that I love that this movie does, especially when you compare it against, like, I am no horror knower. I'm, I know what I like, and I like some horror. Sure. Um, but most of my stuff comes after 
that I like comes after Suspiria, yes, right. so after 77. Because, like, most of the horror before that is really trying to be grounded in reality, at least in some way off the start, to be like, it could happen to you. Yeah, I mean, that was the scary thing, right? Right? was like, at night, a group of teens might <laughs> jump you. Like, that was what passed for horror for a yeah. little while. At least in, you know, American Yeah, culture. and, like, at its most heightened, it's the gallows stuff that's like, oh, a madman might grab you, but, like, yeah. he's a madman who lives down the street or something like yeah. that. Uh, whereas this movie's first 15 minutes, boy, does it want you to know that it doesn't get a shit about reality. <laughs> no, it does not. I mean, to be fair, I've never gone to the airport at Berlin. Maybe it feels like that where you are stepping into a void. I don't know. <laughs> that's actually Munich airport. It's an airport oh, Munich, that's been okay. since destroyed, but uh, that's just what it looked like okay. uh, with more red lights. But uh, yeah. Sure. <laughs> But the it's the perfect introduction to this movie. I don't know how I forgot of it. It's just been so long since I've watched it. When Susie's stepping off the plane, we got the red light. Of course, that like if you're being charitable or you're not like trying to be like this movie's divorced from reality. You're like, oh, it's a red eye, and this is just indicating that it's sure, late or it's whatever. Late. But the way that it's shot, it's got that really foreboding. Um, shot placement stuff and then the automatic door opens and the goblin soundtrack comes through and then it closes and the soundtrack stops oh right yeah yeah, yeah. It's where the... it's like just happening in the airport yes yeah. it's very like fragmented feeling but it feels like oh once i step out into wherever's past this it's gonna get different yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's got a lot of the like right off the bat this isn't a like everything was normal and then it was like no. the second this movie starts everything is fucking weird yeah it's got a lot of that i can't remember the name for it but like horror centering oh. where shots are composed to be like the scary thing is right in the middle and, like, you linger on the shot for a while. That's just the first shot of, like, mm. the door to the outside of this airport. <laughs> like, you're approaching this door and it's shot like the most menacing thing in the world. As somebody like with severe anxiety, I can say that airports are scary. So this does match up. <laughs> are you, yeah, the like, the symmetry of the shot? Yes, horror symmetry. I can't. Yeah. I know there's, like, a there is a term for this sort of framing that yeah. makes things feel very inescapable and, mm. like, you're being pulled towards them yeah yeah uh, but we all know it when we when you yeah. see it it's always it's really underplayed here i feel like which is nice it's not yeah. like drawing attention to the fact that the shots are set up like this yeah things great. are just composed well yeah i really like that yeah. but the, so the first 15 minutes sees that like this arrival the huge thunderstorm cab ride through the woods yeah um <laughs> pat hingle's running through the forest the insane architecture of her buddy's uh, apartment that she I know <laughs> to be fair though maybe this is just what like European buildings are like because they've been built over so mm. many times and in so many styles you know like when we went to Italy we were we stayed in a place that just like all the angles were mm. weird it felt like living in an Escher painting and yeah. one of the walls was bright red with like porcelain busts in them and i was like that's i don't i don't know about this well, did he catch the name of the street that the ballet academy's on uh i know he said it but no it's escher street oh fuck off okay escher strassen <laughs> yeah right strassen 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 we, we've butchered italian we've oh, butchered yeah. german this we is won't stop be... until we've hit all of europe <laughs> sorry europe <laughs> yeah um and then we that's get funny. the like hairy armed murder of glowy eye hairy arm yep. yeah that's so, like, that's supposed to be Helena Marcos, right? That's, I assume yeah. so. Or, you know, the movie kind of goes on to imply that their powers include 
controlling people. Yeah. So maybe there are just little goblins or demons running around that she can control. Yeah, I but. I bounce between my version that I like of that, but I, yeah. I think I prefer that thing of like, Helena Marcos is always in bed, and she is sending out her little goblin she army. She can, yeah, psychically like project herself or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that. It's creepy. It's very, like, it's not just, yeah, a murderer, a serial killer is mm. running around. It's like, this is a monster. Yeah, and that uh, opens her heart cavity and stabs directly into her heart. It seems so, like a bit much. Yeah. Yep. Just gotta really make sure it takes. You gotta do that. You gotta <laughs> hang them. Um. Yeah, right. <laughs> Throw them off the balcony with a noose. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Just the whole nine yards. Do we think that her roommate was murdered on accident or was that deliberate? Because a bunch of the the stuff, like the skylight falling out, yeah. it pierces her through the face. I think it's deliberate. Okay. And that kind of speaks to something that I love about the movie overall is that because it's so narratively loose, but still has like really solid underpinnings in something. Sure. <laughs> you can just put your own spin on it and it's just like, yeah, that's true. That makes sense. <laughs> yep. Fair. I just, I like the idea of, yeah, it was deliberate, but only in the sense that, like, the energy is bad, the vibes are off, <laughs> like, a lot of people are gonna die, and it might totally be by accident, but yeah. they, they love that. But, and also, you'll never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wild 15-minute opener. Yeah. Which I feel like is a very Argento thing, though, right? Of just, like, an insane murder off the top. I feel like this is the movie that establishes that. I don't think it was I the seen okay. some of his earlier work like Cat of Nine Tails and and Bird of the Crystal Plumage right. and they're much more rooted in reality and then a murder happens. Yeah, fair. Okay. I haven't seen Deep Red though. I know Deep Red is kind of like the connective tissue between mm. his old style and this. Like okay. in stuff I'm reading about interviews and all that, he would like call this his second first movie because it was kind of like oh I did my first. Okay, I movies, got it. Now and I now can... I'm like reset, hard yeah. reset. Okay. Um, yeah, so I just some stuff that I love about the movie overall. Like I mentioned already, it was meant to be here's kids at a dance academy. Sure. So obviously, a lot of the dialogue is really heightened in a way you're like, well, that's <laughs> I not was going to say, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> that's not what like a full adult would say or yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. A lot of her, her friend, I cannot remember the, the girl's name, Sarah, right? The one that she. Yes, because yeah. it. Is a snake. Right. Susie and Sarah, they have snake names. Yeah. Which is a very 12-year-old thing to say now that I think of it. Yeah, they're yep. being teased on, on her first day. She's like, oh, Susie, that starts with S. That's a snake name. I'm like, how old are you? But again, like, very, like, they're in a bubble of their own. They're they're very, like, neurotic people. That that tracks. It says a lot about the arts world that I didn't think I didn't of it that much. I was like, yeah, that's just what it's like. <laughs> they're just weird. <laughs> they're just fucking weirdos. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's very like, Susie, like, I'm scared, wake up, a lot of that kind yeah. of talk. Where Susie has okay. clearly been drugged very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Drinking yeah. what's clearly blood and not Yeah, blood. I don't know why that didn't uh, twig anything for her. Let Which me just is down my nighttime glass of blood. <laughs> yum, 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 yum. So the, the naivety of all of that, but it's enhanced by... Um, I heard this before we watched it, and it's just like, oh yeah, how did I miss this? All the fixtures, like the doorknobs and... All the things that you would normally have at like waist height are all at eye height. Oh, really? So, yeah, like no, not one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Whenever there's attention drawn to like a door handle, it'll be at the girl's eye height. Right. So it That's does this so combination weird. of oh, this place is weird, and yeah. also they're so small in it. They're so childlike and yeah. like helpless. Oh, that's creepy. I've I just I 
all I really clocked was these doors are so tall. <laughs> yeah. But spooky house. What are you going to exactly. do? Exactly. Yeah. So it kind of exists in, again, is, ooh, which is it? Liminal space. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Um, <laughs> That's funny. And I want to say one of like my absolute favorite moment, and I've never seen this movie many times, never picked up on it. Obviously, stuff's weird, but the first hint that we get from it interacting with Susie in a weird way is she's, like, following the ballet students to their first class or whatever. They all leave before her, and then she starts walking after them. And it's the first time that the big goblin Suspiria theme starts playing with Susie walking down very slowly down the hallway past the kitchen. Sure, right. And there's the, the... Heavy such European the matron, matron, the clearly like the head of the kitchen. Yeah, she's polishing something, and Albert is like hovering over her shoulder. It's very creepy. So weird, this so, kid. <laughs> and it's the not the first time, but we hear the witch, 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 witch. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The music when that light flashes. Albert is always stone face. He's never got a reaction on. Mm-hmm. When that witch happens and the big light shines off of whatever. The lady's polishing. Knife, right? Albert has the biggest, creepiest Ew! smile on his face. Ew! I don't like that. And then as the light dims, his face reverts back to its stone face. Ugh. It's... Gross. Gross. It's so gross. <laughs> Deeply upsetting. Yeah. Okay. It happens that. for a second, but it's enough that, like, I'm sure, you know, you're picking up on it even if you're not staring at it. Like, something's changing. Something yeah. is, is different. But it's so... Yeah, it's good shit. I, I, it's so much worse because I did not see him smile. So I'm only, I'm imagining the most upsetting smile in the world on this tiny little blonde boy. You're picturing it, right? Yep. yep. Okay, great. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very funny. Do you think the? I mean, clearly all the staff are like in on it or whatever. Yeah. Are they're all witches? Is this the move? Is this I the idea? I think so. Maybe okay. you know what I how I think of it is that all the. Maybe not all the women, but, like, most of the women are witches, and the kitchen staff and the men are, like, familiars. Oh, sure, sure. They're always scuttling around. Yeah, my little headcanon-y thing, if I want to go way off the deep end, which I will, because this movie is so open to interpretation. (laughs) You love to do this, yeah. I love the idea of, like, witches, powerful magic, and all of that, and Albert is this little creep who's, like, dressed like a little Victorian child. Yeah, he is. That, like, they made this little homunculus boy that's their security system. Oh. That he's, like, he's oh, maybe. Madame Blank's eyes on everything. Yeah, 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 because he can walk around and not, it's not weird. And yeah. Like, yeah, people won't really pay attention to him the same way that they will her. Right. Yeah. You know who he looks like? He looks like young Mr. Burns when they flash back to him as, like, a seven-year-old <laughs> and he's got a giant lolly or whatever. That's yes. who he looks like. I imagine the voice coming out of him yeah. would sound like young Mr. Burns. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's great. Uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, cre- creepy. Fucking creepy. Okay, great. Yeah. And that's our first, like, real deep, okay, it's not just us, the audience. Something wild is happening and we're starting to notice. Yeah. Um, okay. We get the, the maggot ceiling and the attic and mm. the bad meat. And so here's where I want to ask you. Do you... You don't have to have this. You can watch this movie and be like, wow, what a crazy world it's in. And then the ending happened. I like the colors. But do you have a sense of like, I think that this is the witch's plan. Or are you just like taking it as it comes? No, I mean, I normally... So normally I am not a fan of the like, grind everything to a halt so that 
an authority figure can explain what's mm. going on scene. And I don't know that this is particularly specific to horror. No. Uh, you know, it, sometimes it's just there because things are not grounded in reality and you have to have someone. Yeah. Especially if it's like you're trying to build vibes, you're trying to build <laughs> an atmosphere, and then to just like this scene that takes place in the middle of the movie outside of the dance academy so yeah. the vibes aren't weird it's just at like a conference center it's the only scene that feels like it takes place in reality to me yes Every exactly other scene is wholly divorced yeah where you're like maybe maybe she's imagine like maybe it's not that weird maybe she's going crazy or something mm. you know um and but but i actually do really like the explainer because yeah. it kind of goes from it's like a a guy um what did you say his name was udo kier udo kier that guy who's like i don't really i understand you know the psychological need to invent monsters and to deal with difficult women as as label them (laughs) witches i understand that psychological need personally i don't believe in it but here's a man who does and it's sort of like there is someone here who knows and remembers what happened and like or you know not what happened a hundred years ago but understands why this place feels so weird so she does get that kind of that validation of like this is all lining up a bit so i i really like the idea that there is no plan the way Mm. that he explains it is just like they just crave power Mm. there's no you know, mustache, mustache twirly super villain thing <laughs> yeah. happening. They just crave power and money. That's it. They're just trying to like exert their dominion over what's theirs. Yeah. yeah. Just like a little nest and just hoarding, you know, power and money and, and things like that. And so I don't think that they do have a plan. I think mm. that the way he explained it is it's almost scarier that way where it's just like they're just animals in a yeah. way, which is on yet another level also a very common thing to do with like difficult women is they're being so they're being controlled by their emotions and, <laughs> you know these things that horror sometimes exp- uh, explores really well yeah not this one specifically just in general it touches it a little bit it's yeah, like hey look yeah. at that topic not touching that <laughs> exactly <laughs> it is more just like these women are you know people but also insane <laughs> and scary and powerful and you know that's that's the sum total of their plan yeah so i like that explainer where where he's almost like it's an anti-explainer and where it there it doesn't so late in the movie too, yeah which is great. a bunch of murders have already yeah. happened she already kind of suspects what's going on mm. and uh yeah and she's alone by this point right her last friend has disappeared mysteriously and yeah. doesn't know what's happened and it is just he's like i i don't know i can't help you there's no one swooping in to save the day no we can't impose a logic framework on it so mm. it almost it helps the vibes based narrative yeah i like you know? that that's and, that's my take. And I do like you pulling attention to Udo Kier just being like, I don't believe in this shit, it sucks. Uh, yeah. Get my old kook buddy over here <laughs> My to old help weirdo him. friend, yeah. <laughs> He's written a bunch of books, yeah. but yeah. I gotta go do real work. Yeah. Uh, catch you later. Uh, but he's so. not condescending to her about it. He's no, just like, no, this, no. Isn't, this isn't something I believe... Um, but I understand the framework and here's someone who can help you. Yeah. Like the first time watching this, this is a great movie for not knowing anything about it going in other than, oh, it looks really cool because watching it the first time and when uh, uh, Sarah says, what do you know about witches for the first time? It's a real like, oh, we're talking, that's what we're doing? She said it, yeah. (laughs) Feels like when someone says the zombie, says the word zombie (laughs) in a zombie movie. Yes. But I I know I had no idea like, oh, we're doing witches. That's what's going on. I had no idea of that. 
which when you get into barbed wire storage room oh. and all that, that starts to make sense of like, oh, this doesn't make sense. And it's no. not supposed to on purpose. There cool. are so many witch stories that are very like they're nonsensical because mm. magic isn't supposed to be logical in that way. It's yeah. supposed to be very like elemental and like you have to be able to. You, you have to give something up to get something, like mm. those kinds of, that's basically oh, yeah. the rule of magic is like, if you want power, you have to suffer, or someone has to suffer, yeah. and there's no rule beyond that is kind of the general gist of it. and Which, like, I agree, I like not, I like it just being, a, we're evil and we're just trying to get stuff, yeah. but like, it's not that there's like a plan for the witches, but I, I feel like, I like the setup that they have of like, oh, we're going to do this ballet academy for young girls, and then one of three things happens to the young girls. They either get murdered, yeah. uh, they get taken into the coven. It's like sure. a nice entryway for yeah. like new witches, if people are vibing with the vibe. Or the thing that I think is going on, so the maggot scene with the stuff falling out, I think that's a plant so that they can get all the girls in the cafe gymatorium, oh, sure. whatever it is. And <laughs> um, Helena Marcos comes by and it's like she's siphoning life force. Yeah, kinda. yeah, concentrate all their energy. Yeah, that there's this thing of like magic doesn't have to make sense. It's not that she's like sitting there with a straw. It's just like I'm around <laughs> this youthful energy and I'll use it to power myself because yeah. I think she's supposed to be like 120 or something like that. Yeah, and she almost died in a fire. Like yeah. she's not doing well. Like that's a cover story too, I think, right? That's a real like, oh, oh you're like know. getting to be 80. We got to wipe you out. Uh, you died. Off the board, yeah. Oh, well, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I feel like the, you know, when he's giving the backstory of like that mm -hmm. that building, I feel like someone found out there was a Susie before this. Someone find out, found out, tried to set fire to. And it oh. kind of implies that after the events of the movie, the witches will still be there, or Helena oh, will have survived, true. and she has to start from. That's that's my I like take that. on it. That's good. That feels like a real you can you can like stave evil off, but it'll always be there. Kind of yeah. Thing. The, the nest is still like there's roots underground. You know. Whoa. Oh. Insert witch laugh here. <laughs> they don't. Uh, they don't know. Helena does it a little bit. Yeah. She's got real like. I do like that she sounds like a 120-year-old or whatever. She sounds like a smoker, for sure, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I like it. Yeah. I In in conclusion, love a vibes-based evil plan. Yeah. I think it really is just, yeah, so many stories about witches are like, you had to wear a blue pair of shoes at the right time of day mm, in order to unlock the door. Yeah. yeah, none of it makes any fucking sense. So there's there's that element of helplessness too. You can't discover the one like magic dagger that will kill the witch. Like that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, she just grabs a nearby knife and puts it through her neck. So that usually does the trick. Yeah, <laughs> that'll get you. That'll do it. Yeah. Other stuff like the, I know this is part of the genre now. But all the impossible architecture is just so cool. Like this, so all these sets look amazing. The vice directress's office with that like Escher mural behind her yeah. is so cool. Very neat. It's all like virtually everything is made for this movie too. I know watching it the first couple times around. I was gonna ask, yeah. Just like, oh, I don't know if this was we used somebody's apartment or if we built this. Everything is built for this movie. Okay, all right. So it's. I just assumed that someone went insane living in this apartment building and left, <laughs> and they were like, sweet. <laughs> Now it's for me. Now it's for me. Got no. it. No. Got it. There, and there is no Escher Street, so. Yeah. Okay, fine. Uh, but I'd like to talk about the uh, writing development of this. Oh, yes, you had me. mentioned. Yeah. Yes. How, how does one write a purely vibes-based movie? Turns out by basing it in a lot of things. All right. So the, the reason this has, like, such logical underpinnings, logical, quote-unquote, uh, is because it's got, like, three legs to it, kind of. Okay. Uh, the first one is uh, an historical point, um, 
there is an author by the name of Thomas De Quincey, okay. who was writing in the 1800s. Um, British, I assume. Yeah, it seems right. Uh, he wrote Confessions of an English Opium Eater was his big oh, uh, sure. book. And it's very like Doors of Perception-y kind of, <laughs> I am so high and I'm just going to write down what I'm feeling. Yeah. Um, and then he followed that up with a book called Suspiria de Profundus. Oh, okay. So it's all about kind of psychological fantasy essays. Okay. So... It's something that, at the time, it didn't really have a name. De Quincey called it impassioned prose. Okay. Uh, but it's just, like, prose poetry, basically. Oh, okay. Um, uh, <laughs> and it's describing the fantastical experiences he had while on opium and while withdrawing from opium. Oh, so boy. Some uh, good stuff. Good frame of mind, yeah. Um, but one of the essays in there is called Lavanna and Our Ladies of Sorrow. And mm. it describes uh, Lavanna, who's the, the Roman goddess of childbirth, Okay. Uh, and her companions, there's so there's three virtues, there's three another thing that are like part of just Roman history, whatever. Okay. Uh, and these are three sorrows, which I believe he makes up here. Okay. Uh, Mater Lacrimarum, who is Our Lady of Tears. Mater Suspororum. Oh, yeah, there's Suspirorum. no way that... <laughs> Suspirorum. I got there. <laughs> who's nice. Our Lady of Sighs. That's uh, oh, Suspiria. There sure. you go. And Mater Tenebrium, who's Our Lady of Darkness. Oh, okay. Well, we've got Tenebrae and Suspiria. These are Argento movies. Hilariously, Tenebrae, nothing to do with Lady Tenebrarum. Okay. The movie Inferno is about Lady Tenebrarum. Oh, for the love of God. All right. <laughs> but it forms the basis for Fine. what is his, like, loose Three Mothers trilogy. Oh. Uh, Suspiria and Inferno are great. I uh, love them. Never seen Mother of Tears, and I've been told, don't. <laughs> It's kind of, it's like that mid-aughts kind of trashy weirdness yeah, vibe, right? Yeah, that's my, right? Yeah. my understanding. Yeah. Right. It's a real, like, be fun for a watch. I'm going to tie together all the narrative uh, stuff from the other Mother of Tears things. And everyone's like, we don't want we don't, this. Yeah, I didn't want that. <laughs> Inferno is even less grounded in anything resembling, like, a point-to-point narrative, too. Even Eshuri, even more Eshurian? Eshurarian? Yes, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I do love it, though. It's it's great. It's you great. You thought the color red looked good here? Check out the color blue in Inferno. Are you kidding me? <laughs> They've got, like, a... <laughs> there's something in the bowels of the building. Again, just a classic for Argento. But, like, it's like the jail they keep Magneto in. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But, like, weirder and more spooky. Yeah. It, yeah I, I don't even know. It's great. It's a fucked up movie. So that's kind of one of the legs. We got we got okay. this informing Argento's weirdness. Okay. Of, so over... this this poet just made up three three mothers. Yeah. Okay. And so like the mother of size is who we're dealing with here. That's why the music's okay. very like breathy and Oh, very much. Yeah. Whenever we get a like spookiness is happening, it's got that like Yeah. <laughs> that's what's going very upsetting on voice. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the next aspect is Daria Nicolodi stepping in. Um, she was really into the idea of like weaving fairy tale stuff into it. So she's thinking about yep. Bluebeard, Pinocchio, and not surprisingly, Alice in Wonderland. Oh sure, this is exactly what I'm. What I was trying to say. Yeah, the the element of like we all know this as an archetype somehow, but it doesn't mm. make any fucking sense. Yeah. yeah, it's just like a mixture of all these archetypes. Sure. Okay. Susie is explicitly based on Snow White. That's oh, who okay. she's supposed to be depicting, and the cinematographer Luciano Tavoli 
was told, like, he worked with Argento in a really good collaborative time, mm. and what they came out with is this should look like a three-dimensional cartoon, <laughs> and so that's the color palette they're going with, oh, is Snow yeah. White. Super saturated. Yeah. Okay, yeah, totally. Um, okay. But Nickelodeon is, like, kind of credited with the reason Argento starts to move into supernatural stuff, because of this fairy tale kind of thing. Okay. And really, uh, she's encouraging his weirdo witch time, which is great. <laughs> So supportive. And one thing that I, I never would have picked up on, but uh, a lot of people have written about, if you remember at the very beginning, after um, after Pat Hingle is is killed, we have some detectives investigating at uh, oh, the Oh, vaguely, school. yeah. This is where you got, like, two paths to Virgin of Wood. One goes to Standard Yellow, and that's where you follow those two detectives. focus on the detectives, sure. Which one... he has written before. Exactly. Yes, okay. So that's right. a real, like, nod to... Ha Not this time! Yep. <laughs> oh, that's clever. But it's a cool red herring, because if you're watching Argento movies in sequence, like somebody in 1977 would, um, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, those are going to be our main characters, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then you never see uh-huh. them again. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no one ever comes back to investigate this. Yep. Which I guess and I think is a good, like, it's a perfect cover where this is very high-pressure environment. Mm. People leave all the time. They drop out. Yeah. No one's going to investigate every single fucking... They're, they don't They're not. They don't all live in town. Yeah. Some of them are from abroad. Yeah. And there's that lends to more nice ambiguity, too. How much of it is that and how much of it is, like, potentially witches being like, yes, it is that. Just a little Jedi yeah. mind-tricking people. <laughs> I'm doing uh, creepy fingers at Aaron right now. Yeah, I'm sure you can hear it through the mic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the last leg is uh, based on a story Nickelodeon's grandmother told Nickelodeon uh-uh. uh, where her grandma went to a academy for like starting uh, piano performance in the oh, okay. performance academy and she left she fled like mid performance because she's like there's black magic in these walls oh fuck <laughs> Mid-performance? Yeah. I think it was, Jesus. like, she said it was during her, like, placement exams or whatever. Yeah. She's just like, nope, I'm oh, out of here. Fuck. This is messed up. <laughs> well, that, that had to be the worst energy in the world. Vibes are off. Yeah. yeah. Rancid. Uh, but both Nickelodeon and Argento both try to claim full credit for the story, so we'll uh. never know. And he says that, like, oh, yeah, that story about Nickelodeon's grandma is a lie. Oh. Uh, they're really at each other's throats about it, is my understanding. This marriage did not end well, I take it. No, I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> but they worked very well together while they were together. Yeah, we got some good art out of it, as yep. is usually the case. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, which brings That's us crazy. to time for another segment, or one segment this episode. I, to, Time me, for- <laughs> to me, every episode runs back to back, so it's now... I only segment. live in this world of recording a podcast. Yes, then I return to my coffin. It's red. <laughs> yeah, I've been meaning to ask you about that. <laughs> it's time for another edition of Location, 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 where nice. we talk about location. a location. <laughs> or two. Ah. <laughs> Bonus location. Yes. Okay, tell me about this movie's locations. Yeah, so we got all this spooky underpinning that our gender's bringing to the, the board. Nickelodeon wants all this fairy tale stuff in here. So we got, like, that's what we're starting out. Okay, let's plug this into locations. What does that mean? So, this takes place at an academy in Freiburg, Germany. Okay. For geography knowers, is right near the border. <laughs> okay, now we're leaning too hard into the uh, European accent. Yep. My bad. Nope. Uh, right near the border to Switzerland and France. So it's in that, like, oh, okay. southwest pocket okay. of uh, Germany. And that's for an explicitly very important reason. That is what's referred to in the occult as the magic triangle. Oh, fuck. Yeah. People love triangles. <laughs> triangles are the scariest shape. They're the scariest. They're so pointy. <laughs> Cut yourself on one of those. Owie. 
Uh, so Dope, the, go on. The magic triangle is where French, German, and Swiss borders meet. Right, and it's okay. where uh, famed occultist, social reformer, architect, esotericist... Got it. ...and claimed clairvoyant Rudolf Steiner founded uh, one of his many anthroposophic communities. I All of... I'm... I'm these words. Okay. <laughs> it's, he's, he's a multi-hyphenate. Yeah. He is so talented. What is that about? I'm not going to get too far into it because, oh boy, can you follow down a cult hole looking into these things. Love but, cult holes. Uh, anthroposophy. Anthroposophy? Posophy, anthrop- I've only ever seen it written down. Okay. Um, esoteric spiritual movements and cults huge at the end of the 1800s. Mm, yes. Um, early 1900s. Uh, so Steiner founded this movement, whatever you call it, in the early 1900s based on the idea that there was an intellectually comprehensible spiritual world that living being living humans could access right. if they like hone their minds properly. Okay. Generally, like big generality here, the idea is that human thought has gotten so abstract over the years that it no longer can connect to the natural or spiritual realities, which is something that you could have done back before all this abstract thought came in. So he's a return guy? He is a oh return my God. guy. God, I love that at every stage of human history, we're like, things were better back then. We didn't have all these gadgets and distractions. But usually people say that when they're like, I want to oppress others. And this guy's like, I just want to see like fairies and goblins. So opium was a big part of the <laughs> operation, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. Um, Guys, I'm connecting to, like, the spiritual <laughs> realm. I'll bet you are, sweetie. I'll bet you are. But his idea was you come together in these societies to try and hone your thoughts in tandem with your imagination and your your basic intuition that's being suppressed by abstraction. Okay. So, like, I kind of okay. get that. I don't, I don't disagree, yeah, yeah as, an, as an approach. And through honing your intuition and imagination, you will start to reconnect. Okay. That, like, you'll start to be like, oh, I intuitively think this thing that normally I'd be like, I don't see I'm that. I'm just being crazy. Or, yeah. yeah, I don't hear that. There aren't maggots falling from my ceiling. For instance. I'm not seeing a 120-year-old witch outlined by lightning. Like, yeah. The classics. Yes. So that's kind of the general idea of what was taking place just outside Freiburg in the early 1900s. Okay, got it. Yeah. Right around the time that they say that Helena Marcos' school burns down. Yes, right. For being too creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was too off. We did yeah. not like her. So that's the magic triangle, not to be confused with the black triangle. Oh, fuck off. Which is uh, near <laughs> near uh, Turin, um, which is okay. uh, the borders of France, Switzerland, and Italy. Italy. Okay. So just kind of the other side of Switzerland. <laughs> Every everybody's got to have their own triangle. All but right. Argento would like film a lot of stuff there because he's like, it's creepy. I want to use it. Uh, Where does the Black Forest fit in? Is oh, this we're going to of- get to that. Oh, baby. All right. <laughs> I want to give you this Argento quote on the Black Triangle, though. Okay. He would take people there on like filming, scouting stuff and be like, this place has more witches and Satanists than anywhere else in the world. And people are like, that's great. He's like, no, be impressed. This is so cool. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> Was he proud of this? Like, what is the most? Yeah. We have the most witches. Yeah, he was like, this is, like, it was a draw. It was like, that's why we film here. That's why we do this, because you can, like, sense the energy coming through. Oh, it's the realism. It's really steeped in fucked up shit. Okay. He was a method director? Yeah, let's say that. All right. (laughs) He was fiercely, like, raised fiercely Catholic and all that, too. So this is a real, like... I don't think of uh, Italy when I think of, like, witch... Culture. Yeah, because you think of Catholicism yes. with all of their churches. <laughs> but you gotta have the balancing. That's Fair. The balance. I guess there's if there was like that much Catholicism, maybe they uh, they were that much more aware of witches. Yeah, I think so. Um, 
as mentioned, ballet school, it's on Escher Street. Right. We got lots of Escher imagery through it. It's not subtle even slightly. No. Like, the layout of the ballet school makes zero sense. No. It is no. actively yeah. contradictory, which like, I like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, what's her name? Sarah. Sarah's death is, like, the, you know, barbed wire storage area. Yeah. It's like a ball pit, but it's barbed wire <laughs> instead of. And uh, honestly, the one very funny shot in the in the movie to me is where she like escapes the person coming after her by like climbing, but like climbing through. Like she opens a door, which leads to an area where there's a window she can climb That's through. That's so high. The window is so high. <laughs> leads it exists for no reason. And then she gets over the window, it's fine, and then she just hops down, apparently hasn't looked at all, and the camera follows her into this barbed wire ball pit. But I think that's that's a perfect case of once you realize, oh, we're dealing with nonsense magic, then that's a like, oh, it just appeared, or... Oh, honestly, yeah. maybe, yeah. Or that's... maybe she's hallucinating it or something. Oh, also possible. I can, I can live with that. Yeah. Because yeah. she definitely dies from it. Yep, um... <laughs> as you would. Yep. Oh, it's so brutal. It's like not even... There's a lot of, you know, slasher knife stuff in Jello's yeah. broadly and, yeah. and this movie. But this is one of the more upsetting deaths to watch where it's just someone struggling to climb out of piles and piles of barbed wire. It's a lot. Yeah, it yeah. is. That's one of those that, like, I'm like, okay, cut away now. Thanks. Yeah, okay, this goes on for a while. Conceptually, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Um, okay. Yeah, very ashery. Yeah. The stairs don't make sense. Where the angles go, yeah. When they're tracing footsteps, it doesn't line up correctly. No. <laughs> um, which is, you can laugh about it and think like, ah, oh, that's the, what a silly movie. But I take it as the much more like Argento is sitting there like, and it has to make no sense. So therefore this and this and this. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like just some other places that they went, the uh, place where our uh, Daniel goes to get drunk after he... Mm. Um, our blind pianist. Yes. After he... Uh, Gets fired. Gets fired really brutally. And Tanner, in that scene where she fires him, she is smiling so much. She's got a lot of teeth. There's a lot of teeth on this woman, yeah. 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 So uh, not a lot of this going on, but just going to dive into some evil Nazism stuff for a moment. Oh, what? Yeah. I said yes before I knew. (laughs) Yeah, you already agreed. No. Um, So where he's drinking is a Hofbra house, which is a like very famous beer hall. Oh, okay. One of the reasons it's famous is because where the Nazi party kind of started. That's where Hitler like started giving speeches and became famous. Oh, cute. So Daniel goes from that neighborhood to Konigsplatz, which is where he dies, which is where all the like book burnings and stuff took place. I'm just realizing that we just watched Raiders. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, it's that huge like plaza with the book burnings. Yeah, in Last Crusade where he gets- Yeah, that is totally where that is. Motherfucker. So that's just like, oh, he's in evil places kind of. There's a lot of bad vibes in this town. Yeah, okay. And like, I like the idea of, oh, he can't be affected when he's off school property unless he's in an evil place. Oh, sure. Is what it feels like to me. It's got this like, well, how many other little underground like rot places Mm. are there and how is it bubbling to the surface? just like can be super mundane like that yeah fuck yeah okay fuck is right fucking hell uh but you mentioned black forest i didn't know much about the black forest what do you know about the black forest um i was really obsessed with it as a kid because mm. it just sounds cool and also i really like their cake it's a good flavor of cake to I love have their ham yeah <laughs> i also love their ham um yeah, it's just, it's the perfect, like, it is very, like, Snow White archetypey, mm. like, the forest that's alive, yeah. you know, is kind of how it was presented to me as a child. Like, it's got its own feelings and history, and there's a very clear, it's like an organism on its own, yeah. you know. But it's it, and it's also just, like, beautiful, and it's pristine, and it looks, I don't know if that's still the case. Yeah. 
there was like World War II happenings there and all that, like you'd expect. But the it looks like a made up place. Like it doesn't look. Yeah. Like, you look at it in this movie, and you're like, oh, they planted a bunch of trees. No, that's just how the forest looks. Right, where yeah. you're like, that's not natural, is it? And yeah. yet it is. Yes, it is, yeah. It's right in the pocket of the magic triangle, so... That'll do it. This is where, like, Hansel and Gretel takes place. And sure, a lot of grim right. fairy tales, but, like... Your German fairy tales. Goblins and all that stuff is coming from the Black Forest, so that's a real... A thing that I love, we arrive at the airport at the beginning, Susie gets in the cab... She's looking at, like, an art history museum, and they go into a tunnel, and they come out in this forest. It's like, oh, world is long gone. It's... Yeah. You're now in, like, the the goblin pocket or whatever. It's a very, you know, a big thing for witches is doors and portals mm. and mirrors, and, and it there's this very... Yeah, this element of, like, it could be super innocuous, but if you go through a portal without realizing it, like, yeah, <laughs> suddenly, with no transition, you're in this forest. It doesn't I, think it. It doesn't feel like it should be near a city. Yeah, I yeah. think it could be. Do you see the cabbie at all once they go through the tunnel? I don't think you do anymore. I no, could, actually, you don't. Yeah. He just yeah, she's talking to him, but you don't see his face. Mm. He kind of gives a like. He gives where do you want to go, and she says it again. He, oh. And kind of gives this, like, oh, I wonder, you know. Yeah, how much is Minion of Darkness or Very Tired Service Worker? Yeah, <laughs> really 50-50 at this point. <laughs> uh, but the last location is very cool. So the Academy is very clearly a set. Like it, It's got that real, like, this is a back alley at Universal yeah, <laughs> feeling. Like, yeah, purposefully, there's nothing on either side of it. It's yes. just so isolated on its own. Yeah. But it is a near-perfect recreation of a real building that still oh, stands. Okay. Um, called It's a gothic landmark called Das Haus zum Wolfisch, uh, the <laughs> whale house. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. That was, it doesn't really have anything special about it. It's it's just like a very old building. Okay. Um, it's like, like in, a, the, in the town? Yeah, it, it's in... In Freiburg? I think it's in Freiburg, yeah. Okay. Um, and it's just, it's a famous place that's just been standing for a long... It's like a, a heritage monument yeah, building sure, there. sure, sure. Okay. But, like, it's just a perfect recreation. The main difference, though, is that it in Freiburg, it's, like, on a street and is, like, adjoined. Like, it's one long block front of buildings. So they recreated sure. it separately so that it could stand on its own in this creepy shadowed place. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Is it red, too? It's, like, bright red? Yeah, on it the... looks exactly the no same. Way. If you look at the picture, uh, okay. the same weird balcony thing. Yeah. And the same eaves and all that. It's crazy how one-to-one it is. Why didn't they just film there? Because or they like wanted the to be able to... Yeah, well, they wanted it to be, here's this isolated place. Because if there would be no way to hide that you're, like, in the middle of a city. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. This um, is just, like, this building sprang up out of the ground for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So, like, if you're a Freiburgian watching this movie, you'd be like, oh, I know, that's down the street. But it's, right. then there's this but actual, level, like, right. but it's not right. Yeah. Like, it doesn't ah. actually look like that completely. There's even, there's, like, mold growing on the, on the troughs. Like, it's, mm. it's, it looks very lived in. Yeah. Like, rust on the, yeah, on the, yeah, eaves. That's so, cool. So, to your point of, oh, it burned down and they, and... Helena rebuilt it. Like, do you think there's going to be a thing? It burns down and then just like, there's a sound and it pops up in another place. <laughs> like mushrooms. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wonder. Uh, yeah. I, I, this is not the point of the movie at all. It's fine without, I don't care, but it would be funny to see the, you know, the next time is like, is it the, do, do they try for a different disguise? Mm. You know, this element of like, it's a glamour charm a little bit where the, the outside isn't real. It just looks like that. Yeah. Because it's enchanted. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, do they make once... it less red? Is that the you know, <laughs> <laughs> or do they need the red? Is that a, like a power color? You know, I think that that's a thing? that's a statement. You have to be like, mm. there's. I feel like there's this thing with witches of like you got to have some pride. Like you can be sneaky and hidey and whatever, but when you get down to witchcraft, you're like, I am out there. I am large and in charge. It's very. <laughs> there's a, there's a always a witch at the top of the coven, right? Mm. So you yep. gotta you gotta have a little bit of like branding. Yeah. 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 Uh, so those are those are the locations, and then uh, Susie <laughs> kills Marcos, and we get a super Metroid escape level of everything's falling apart. <laughs> Very, you know? yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Argento was always asked about like, how much do you believe in this? Why did you create the set this way, and all that? Sure. Uh, and his major comment that's quoted all the time on witchcraft and the occult, Argento states, "Quote: There's very little to joke about. It's something that exists." Oh, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> man's got opinions yeah definitive opinions that's fucked up what about daria uh oh i don't have a comment from her actually i think that she would be less it's literal more oh these are cool stories okay all right but the the grandmother thing is maybe made up maybe exaggerated a little yeah maybe she doesn't 100 percent believe it i got the feeling through reading that was that dario was very like yeah, this is real. We're going to evoke this. And Daria was like, this is a cool story. Let's keep writing it. And sure. then it'd be cool if like this related to this fairy tale story, like being much more abstract about it. Right. And therefore not connecting to nature or uh, the spiritual realm. <laughs> but I, to Point. double way back, I do love intuition. What, what, what do it mean? That that's kind of the course of Susie through this is she's learning to trust her intuition and go mm, after. So like yes. she's starting to reconnect. It's that thing of, Oh, it's just out of sight, this witchcraft stuff. And as soon as you start to notice it and follow your intuition, it starts becoming more central. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, fiction or stories where if you just stop listening to sort of the acclimatized voice in your head that's like, well, that can't be real, so it's not Mm -hmm. there, then you start seeing things that aren't possible, quote unquote, and and that sort of thing. I like that a lot where, the yeah, Susie's going on that journey of Mm -hmm. like doing the the rudolph thing <laughs> getting the, her magic triangle on not the magic the red nose reindeer, not the, you said rudolph right is that yeah, his name yeah yeah, yeah yeah yes yeah i like that a lot um i love uh, the fucking i one thing i do know about the remake is that mm. the dancing itself is much more a part of like that's how you conjure spells and things which i love that feels very ritualistic yes where this thing of like it's no longer abstract you're bringing it into the real physical world Mm. via movement or you know spells are like you're you're bringing it you're speaking it you're affecting actual sound waves in the air yeah you're forcing other people to hear spell words Yeah, yeah exactly and i love this idea it is kind of i mean i'm i'm assuming this is what they were going for because it's so it's so there, the whole movie, that the building itself was designed, you know, in the universe of the movie, to conjure black magic. It's it's designed yeah. like the architecture is meant to, you know, puzzle box a, a certain power out of the, the earth, like out of the abstract into the real. Like there's a real early shot when we, I think just when we arrive, that is the horror symmetry thing of bang on the building. And yes. I definitely get that feeling of like, oh, this place was like engineered or is a natural phenomenon that was taken advantage of. Yes. To, yeah, totally. Like, yeah. is that even really a building? Are they in, are they still in the forest and this is a tree that mm. like, it's it has that element of like it's not 
this isn't how buildings are normally built. Why is it built this way? And to that point, when Marcos goes down, the building collapses. Like, is the building in part Marcos? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's Thanks, great. locations. Woo! Awesome. <laughs> I do love that, like, so we've got this, Inferno is way less explicit and way... Much more dreamy. Yeah. And then, apparently, Mother of Tears is incredibly explicit, and I just feel like... Like, literal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that we get this one perfect version of it first, where they're just kind of trying stuff out, and like, yeah. yeah, this is what works, and they're still, like, chasing that dragon. Yeah, that's fair. Yep. 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 Yeah, so that's all I've got to say about uh, Suspiria. Uh, I would love to hear your final thoughts or if there's anything you'd like to touch on before we double bill this bad sister. No, I, uh, I just love the idea. Like, this is a great horror movie for me. Not a, not a, you know, I can't handle a lot of scary movies. Yeah. But this is exactly, it's just spooky, you know, it's mm-hmm. just spooky vibes. But it's this very intense, um, experience where you're experiencing along, along with Susie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And just being like, okay, if witches are real, you know, what do you know about witches is her question. Like, she's no longer, she knows all along what it is. And it's just coming to terms with like, am I even, do I have to be the one to do this? (laughs) Like, you know, can I get out safely or whatever? And she's just such a a cool customer about it that she is scared, obviously, but... um, but does what needs to be done. And I, I, yeah, I really feel like we we ought to talk about Susie Banyan more yeah. as a horror girl. I She's agree great. with that. Yeah. One thing that just you're saying going on this journey with her moving through stuff, I get the feeling that the music is like diegetic almost like that's what mm. she's hearing yeah. and that's like <laughs> yeah where the doors close and it stops yeah. yeah like where it's like that's kind of how it sets it up as like oh the person is hearing that and like because they're maybe more intuitive they can actually hear it whereas sure. they just don't know it the other ballet people can't hear it so something like that yeah but it does feel like oh you're experiencing that along with her because the music always builds up so yes neatly yeah <laughs> it layers it crests so nicely yeah yeah. yeah, I I really love it as a like a horror movie, which I know it's not fully, it's not like, you know, it, it's not in that same can, canon necessarily. I was gonna say canyon. I was like, it's in the <laughs> canyon, canyon with yeah. <laughs> it's the silliest last name. I just can never quite. I'm like Bannon. You mean Bannon? <laughs> no, Banyan. All right. Yeah, I love it. I love it as a like a, a literalization of fairy tale stuff that's always yeah. so interesting to me this thing like how is everyone going to interpret abstract stuff it always yeah. makes for the coolest movies to me and i think horror is just such a a good like template for that because it's it doesn't have to make sense it can be it can be upsetting it's supposed to be upsetting but you see the edges of how it makes sense yeah where you're like oh i there's a it's the oh there's a bigger world that i can't recognize here and this yes. movie keeps it much more at arm's length than usually a movie would be like and now you're in the fairy tale but you're not yeah and you wouldn't know if you were in Susie's place you're not gonna know what's going on and that's that's how you would experience that yeah yeah it's great sweet big fan (laughs) we're big fans over here yeah yeah what about you well it's kind of cliched to say but it's just it's just looks so good it really does that's the main thing that I took away the first time watching when I tell you like I'm surprised every time that it is much more vibrant it's less vibrant in my memory than it is in reality because I like I can't keep up with it, kind of. Yeah. Like the scene where uh, Sarah's asking, what do you know about witches? And we get the greens and the reds and all this. And it's just yeah. so divorced from anything real. But it feels 
not it's not logical it feels like it has an internal sense to it that is like oh i just need to respect this and stay away from it sure is very like the same way that you'd be like ah that snake is poisonous because of how brightly colored it is it's that same yeah. kind of i gotta stay away from that yeah um, that's true yeah but i just i love to sit back and watch people freak out about colors it's great um i'm also just a big fan of centering a movie around a ballet school because uh arts academies are so infer- inherently full of like big personalities and drama and all that it just feels like a place ripe for nervous breakdowns oh yeah for like <laughs> psychological terror yeah. certainly yeah, yeah. Uh, emotional terrorism that's yes. <laughs> you're not wrong yeah uh, yeah, so it's it's nothing new, but that's what I, I feel with this movie every time. No, that's it comes great. comes to the forefront. Uh, well, the time has come. We're going to take our, our mother of size, Suspiria herself, and uh, double bill her with uh, another movie. And you get to start. <gasps> My double bill is going to be the... So Suspiria is the arty one because it's mm. this very, like, it's an Italian horror movie, <laughs> which are known for being very, like, bloody and violent some of the times. But this is very much, like, look at... Like, this is a cinematographer's movie. Yeah. You know? And we put this together and, like, it's meant to evoke something and it's mm. meant to... It's not even that there's, like, a heady plot that you need to follow or that, that it says something so meaningful about society or whatever. It's just a very well-crafted movie. Mm. Yeah. And so that's that's the arty side of it. But it really is just, like, what if stuff was so spooky? <laughs> or, like, what if something was happening that it's clear what's happening mm. As long as you can get rid of the voice that says, but that can't be possible. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is the art one of that. And that, um, there's another movie that does this very well that we both enjoy and is very trashy, where it's something that's like, it's very clear what's happening. Nobody's trying to hide it, but that can't possibly be possible so no one no one really uh clues into it but it's this very like fairy tale based thing it's a horror or a a creepy story archetype Mm. um remoteness is very much a part of it where you're like plunged into this thing you have no like there's you got to deal with it on your own because (laughs) you're the only one in the building or whatever um but it's so trashy, and the director's clearly, like, having so much fun with it. Oh, about this, be? like, so evil excited. power coming from, you know, inside the, the earth or whatever. I'm going to pair it with Ken Russell's Lair of the White oh, Worm from 1988. Nice. So this is, like, ten years later. Um, this is Ken Russell's least fucked up movie, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I haven't seen most of the others, but goddamn, dude. But it has, it's like Hugh Grant and Peter Capaldi yep. are kind of our, like, you know, knights in shining armor, bunch of dumbasses. So this is very much a, like, the women are the only, not, a, you know, the women are the only ones who are <laughs> not idiots. Yeah. <laughs> They're the only ones who are able to right away say, okay, well, that shouldn't be possible, but it is happening, so I am understanding and taking it at face value and moving forwards uh, with, like, dealing with the problem. And it's just such a funny, like, it's a really campy, stupid, fun, like, really, uh, like, off-puttingly horny movie. (laughs) So horny! (laughs) You're dealing with a giant snake god, right? And this woman slash familiar? It's never really clear. Or the god herself. Yeah, she has snake powers, whatever. So there's, like, so much phallic imagery, and she really hates 
hates Christianity. <laughs> she just can't uh, fucking hates Jesus and crucifixes and stuff. It's really the st- like the Dracula story ish. Yeah, is, yeah, is yeah. Kind of if Dracula was yeah. a giant snake and it took place in the late eighties, this is exactly <laughs> what you would get. And yep. it's very like. The vibes are there, mm. and anyone with half a brain sees this woman driving around town with her huge fangs, <laughs> and people keep disappearing in her home, and she keeps like making snake puns. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> the like, funniest part. Guys, I don't, I don't think we need to question what is going on here. Um, uh, yeah, and it's a big like blaze of glory thing at the end where you're like, okay, I'm submitting to the the nonsense rules of this situation yeah. great let's go with it that's the only way to get this job done oh uh, it's such a great campy movie there's some like yeah. legit good ass horror stuff in yeah. there too. Uh, honestly yeah. yes probably a scarier movie in some ways than suspiria yes you know? i'd say so yeah yeah, but very much like if you had to literalize a fairy tale what would you end up with yeah. um if you don't care about like an A to B to C narrative and logical understanding of the, you know, the mm. evil or the villain or whatever. Absolutely. Like Suspiria, if you just want to trash your time, yeah. absolutely. Lair of the White Worm is your movie. Hugh Grant and Peter Laurie just hanging out together being flummoxed. Peter is Capaldi. So funny. Yeah. They're very um, funny. Yeah. yeah. They're butting heads all the time. Like, yeah, they're both so baby. Yeah. Capaldi has babies. like curly red hair. Yeah. It's very cute. Yeah. It's very funny. And like the... Um, you know, the lady herself. She goes by Lady Sylvia, right? Because yeah. this is like, she's got the snake name. Sylvia. Sylvia. Yeah, and she kind of <laughs> says it like that. So this is clearly, you know, a mother of size, a lady. So like, this is a, a mm. title, yeah. maybe not her name. This is what she's, the clothes that she's wearing to walk around <laughs> in the world, you know? It's very silly, very like gory and weird, yeah. but yeah. A oh, I gotta go back and watch that one again. Yeah, so it's good. so funny. And it's like, it's not feminist oh, per se, heavens, yeah. no. <laughs> but, but it's n- also not, there aren't like, the women aren't just victims, no. um, neither are the men, they're, and they're yeah. not just vixens. Like it's, you know, there's, there's a depth of character and there's more women characters than men, I think. Which I think so too. Which for horror is like a, it, it, horror is the place to have that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's the one I'm going with. That is an excellent pick. And that's a nice, like, if you don't know about Lair of the White Worm, that's it's worth a watch, even if you're like, I don't know if I like it. It's just like, if you want something campy, yeah. so campy. Campy and like, oh my god. Like, uh, yeah, I think you're, is it Amanda Donahue or Donahoe? The oh, star? I can't remember her name. She, her outfits yeah, Amanda are Donahoe. so, so she's great. over the top. Yeah. Everybody else is dressed regular. And yeah. she's like <laughs> a full, like she's dressed like Trinity in the Matrix while yes. everybody else is hanging out in their pant, like trousers and yeah. ties. <laughs> like if someone had a Trinity themed OnlyFans, like this is the the outfit you would. And it's it's the same sort of like it's in a sleepy little British Hamlet. Yes. <laughs> like you, this shouldn't be the person who's here. Yeah. Nope. Uh, nice. I like that a lot, and I like that we always seem to do this. It's great where you, one of us takes a here's a really trashy thing to pair with it, and mine is here's the arty thing. To oh, pair very with it. nice. So a nice spectrum. Today. All right. So yeah, what's what's the arty version of Suspiria? And spectrums are full of colors. <gasps> Uh, I'm going with another tense ballet school, not ballet school, ballet performance movie. Okay. That has some of the best use of color and, like, actively intended building out of artifice. Okay. There is. I am talking, of course, and this feels like anybody who likes Technicolor will immediately be like, oh, yeah, this. Uh, The Red Shoes from 1948. Yeah, totally. Been a while since I've brought up my faves, Powell and Pressburger, in a while. The Archers. I need to to drop them in here. Okay, yes, that's totally, that is, 
<laughs> Suspiria without the grisly murders. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's a, a stiff upper lip version of Suspiria. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a, more of a romance drama than anything else. Um, but uh, Vicky Page is the star and she's being forced to decide, devote yourself fully to ballet and let nothing else in your life in. Mm-hmm. But also she kind of likes this one guy and so she's kind of letting him in a little bit. Yeah, the composer. But the scene, like it, it's a Technicolor movie from like when it's capital T Technicolor times. Yes. Looks amazing. And there's, I think it's like 15 minutes of the staged ballet that's called The Red Shoes. Yeah. That occurs in the middle of the movie that like if you were to stage it makes no goddamn sense. <laughs> no, none um, of the geography makes sense. No. None of the transitions. You would yeah. need like a 360 degree stage where the audience is like following you along. Yeah. Like it, zero sense whatsoever. But it doesn't matter because it looks incredible. Yeah. And it is some of the, like, best logical leap kind of uh, artistic stuff where it's like, oh, those things weren't connected, but I get how it's happening. Yes. Um, The actual ballet happening is actually ballet. The star was a ballet dancer uh, previously, and so she brought that to bear. Um, And, uh, yeah, from 1948, it's most people consider it one of... Uh, Powell and Pressburger's best. It's not my favorite of theirs, but mm. you do you. Uh, Moira Shearer, that's her name. She's great. Uh, Moira yeah. Shearer. Right. Ballet dancer turned star. And boy, uh, is she. And boy, is she. Yes, she is. And her hair is red, much like a lot of the colors in the movie, <laughs> Suspiria. Also, that's the name of the movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Right, yeah. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a good pick. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is one of the only movies I would accept as artier- then <laughs> Suspiria. <laughs> yes. Nice. Yeah. So that's what I'm going with. So you got three good movies there. And uh, already mentioned uh, Black Swan feels like it just slots right in. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. You could really... The thing I love about Suspiria, because it's so open to interpretation, you can really pair a lot of different... Ver- like, Red Shoes is by no means a horror movie. There are some very yeah. psychologically tense parts. Sure. But in the, like, yeah. the drama way. In not- a human drama yeah. Yeah, angle. Whereas yours is very like, oh, you like that, uh, that barbed wire storage area, huh? Here's a big snake lady. Boy. <laughs> Do I have nuns being crucified for you? <laughs> what? <laughs> Kenneth. Uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love Dario Argento a weird man Very, by, by a all accounts weird man, right yeah but he is so earnest in his presentation of his weirdness yes. that you got to you got to hand it to him yeah you just got to hand it to him his movies may not be fiercely feminist by any stretch but he's he's still like yeah they're, they're women they're just people we're all just hanging out yeah i think it's more just like wouldn't it be fucked up if people were murdered <laughs> you know yeah yeah dope a nice. great start to scary summer. Yes, I think summer scaries. <laughs> we gotta scary, lock it yeah, down by that. I'm already like brainstorming more like a coward's guide to scary summer because we're both cowards. <laughs> I feel like that's the name of the podcast, not the. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll we'll see. Well, we'll see about a spinoff. By the end of the summer, we'll definitely have a name figured out. <laughs> no, we won't. You know that's not true. <laughs> Don't promise anything. Uh, please. Please rate and review us on your <laughs> podcast platform of choice and follow us at Pod on Twitter and Instagram where we post sometimes. Really <laughs> Occasionally. Uh, yeah, then come and join us next time where we will be discussing some sort of horror-y typed movie. Yes. We got a good stable to pick from and uh, we'll see what comes out next time on and with another pile of Gartbidge. Did it work? Did I hear it? <laughs>